I'm starting to get that reviving feeling. How about you? Amen. Amen. Our scripture this evening comes from Psalm 80, and I will be reading verses 14 through 19. Return, we beseech you, O God of hosts. Look down from heaven and see, and visit this vine, and the vineyard which your right hand has planted, and the branch that you made strong for yourself. It is burned with fire. It is cut down. They perish at the rebuke of your countenance. Let your hand be upon the man of your right hand, upon the son of the man whom you made strong for yourself. Then we will not turn back from you. Revive us and we will call upon your name. Restore us, O Lord God of hosts. Cause your face to shine and we shall be saved. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for this day. God, we lift you high. We praise your holy and righteous name, God. You're already here. So begin to move from one person to the other, from one pew to the other, God. Bless us now, God. Give us that anointing that we may feel everything that you have for us to do, having for us to say and for us to hear this evening, God. We pray mightily for everyone that is in operation, every choir member, God, we pray that you would just bless them over and above all that they could even imagine that you can do. God, I pray that everyone that is under the sound of my voice has come here for something. God, they will not leave empty, God. You will pour them afresh everything that they need. God, the preacher is anointed, so let us hear what you have for the preacher to say to us today. God, we thank you for this time. It is set aside for your glory for your honor and for your praise. And it is in your name that we give you honor and praise again. Amen. Can you join me in an amen? Amen. amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord.
that is on the way. Can you give God a preemptive praise? Oh, I think you could do a whole lot better than that to give God a preemptive praise. Amen. Amen. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening to each and every one of you 
who is joining us as far as our revival services are concerned. I see our Zoom congregation. I'm waving at you, as well as those that are on Facebook Live and YouTube, as well as our church website, and those that are listening to us as far as the telephone is concerned. We greet you with Jesus' joy. And of course, those that are in the sanctuary, we're certainly delighted and elated you have pressed your way to be part of this worship experience. Amen. Amen. As we move along as far as this worship experience is concerned, there are just several things I want to share with you before we um, receive the Lord's offering on this night and present our preacher as far as the moment is concerned. Of course, we are in revival. And last night, Dr. William Houston Curtis blessed us in a tremendous way. Amen. Amen. Jesus, the great physician. And uh, uh, we look forward with tiptoe anticipation on what God is going to do with our uh, preacher tonight, the Reverend Dr. Jerry Carter. And so we invite you to invite others as far as sharing on your personal platform as well as to the sanctuary uh, if they meet the protocols. I just want to let you all know that uh, St. Paul as well as uh, other churches have been trying to be as active as possible in mitigating the spread of this uh, virus. And so on this Saturday, uh, August 28th, we're going to have a mobile COVID and flu vaccination site here at the church from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. This is for those who have taken the first dose of the Moderna vaccination. You will see receive the second dose this Saturday. So on August the 7th, if you took the first dose then, please, ma'am, please, sir, come back and receive the second dose so you could be fully vaccinated. And then also during the same time, our Christian education ministry and our deacons family ministry will be having a um, book drive by where you can get your Sunday school literature for the next quarter, as well as pick up your communion elements. And so uh, please, ma'am, please, sir, we pray that you will govern yourselves accordingly as far as that is concerned and um, join us in getting your literature and communion elements. I do want to just continue to stress that um, I was just watching the news before we came into the sanctuary and this pandemic is nothing to play with. And I want to encourage you, please, ma'am, please, sir, get the vaccine, get the vaccine. We are not gonna get back to any semblance of normalcy until uh, as many of us that possibly can become vaccinated. Of course, Pfizer is, um, um, fully regulated as far as the FDA is concerned, and they have given full approval as far as that's concerned, and the other vaccinations will be taking place as far as full approval is concerned over the next several months. But please, ma'am, please, sir, get the vaccine. On the news tonight, on the news, it has shown up that 20, I mean, the people who do not have the vaccination, their chances of going into the hospital goes up 29 times. Let me say that again. If you're not vaccinated and you contract this Delta variant, your chances of going to the hospital goes up exponentially. And so please, ma'am, please, sir, we want to, we want to stress that. So, uh, we're doing whatever we can. Of course, whenever we come to the sanctuary, you have to register. 
This has nothing, again, to do with your church membership. It is for that we can do the contact tracing, so you have to register whenever we come into the sanctuary uh, because that allows for us to do whatever we need to do to protect you. So please, ma'am, please, sir, uh, continue to register, and we're doing whatever we can to streamline the registration process. So I want to give a major shout-out and kudos to our medical team, to our staff, uh, for making and our deacons ministry and others who have played a critical role, first impression ministry, for doing a wonderful job of making sure that we can get you in and get you out as smoothly as possible. And I want to thank you for your graciousness as far as being obedient to where the ushers would have for you to sit. So thank you all so very, very much. And as we move on with our worship experience, it is offering time. And let's give God praise for the wonderful ability to partner with our God through our giving. And here at St. Paul, there are uh, three basic ways that you can give. The first one is, of course, by mailing your check or money order to the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28205. Or you can drop off cash check or money order at the church. Um, but if you decide to do that, call the church office first at 704 Three three four five three zero nine. Make sure someone is here to receive your offering. The other way that you can give is through our church website, through ACS or Church Life. And then finally, you can give through the app called Givelify. And if you don't have that app on your smart device, download that app to your smart device. Search for St. Paul Baptist Church, Charlotte, North Carolina. You ought to see this lovely sanctuary. And if you would, uh, connect your favorite credit card to it. And you can give in three clicks. So however you're giving tonight, if you're giving online, if you're giving uh, using your smart device, if you're giving um, as far as cash or check is concerned, do me a favor. If you're able, hold it up in your right hand. We want to give God what's right, not what's left. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come to you on this evening and we thank you for the ability to partner with you. And as we give on this night. Not grudgingly, not out of necessity, but cheerfully. Why? Because you love the cheerful giver. God, here at the St. Paul Church, as we give these gifts, this is good ground that's doing the work of reconciliation and redemption on your behalf so that you'll be glorified through our efforts. So God, if you would, take these gifts of ours, this seed, and multiply it in a Godful way so that you'll be glorified, so that your people will be edified, and ultimately, we will be redeemed. It is in the name of your son, Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. Now, do me a favor. If you have a physical offering, there's a basket in on the pew in front of you. You do not have to touch it. Just drop your offering in that basket, and our team will receive that offering. So if you would do that real quickly, we would greatly, greatly appreciate that. Greatly appreciate that. Amen. Thank you so much for those that are joining us as far as this moment of giving is concerned. Let me, if I could, before I introduce our preacher for tonight, just let you all know that, uh, and I left the book on, on my desk, Dr. William Curtis tonight uh, will be doing a book signing after this evening's worship experience in the vestibule uh, on his new offering as far as his book is concerned. And so um, we want to let you know that if you want to purchase that book, I believe it's what, is it 15 or 20? 
$20. That book is $20. And so uh, if you want to purchase that book, he will sign it for you. And uh, we want to do all that we can to maintain the social distance as far as that's concerned. But he will be doing that following this evening's worship experience. Now, when you do the book signing, that's not the time to be trying to hold a full conversation and learn his preaching skill. Amen. We need for you to let him get your name if you want your name and let him sign it and move on. We, again, we want to practice. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. It is a one day closer strength for the season of life. Six weeks of meditation for traumatic times. How many of y'all know we have been in traumatic times for the past 18 months? Amen. And during, during this time, the Lord laid on his heart to, uh, do a writing that will help you to navigate the craziness, not only of the pandemic, but just life in general. And this book will bless you beyond measure. It is a wonderful investment into you as far as this book is concerned. So please, ma'am, please, sir, those that are in the house, uh, make consideration on getting it and he will autograph it. I shared with you last, um, just a few moments ago how Dr. Curtis blessed us last night. And we look forward with tiptoe anticipation on what God is going to do on tonight. Uh, our preacher is the Reverend Dr. Jerry M. Carter. He is the pastor of the Calvary Baptist Church in Morristown, New Jersey. He is a preacher. He is a scholar. Uh, he is one that takes the craft of preaching very seriously. God has allowed for him to serve the Mount, Cal I mean, the Calvary Church with great distinction. And it is a blessed joy to have someone of his magnitude and of his stature to be blessing us as far as the word of God is concerned. He has preached in major conferences and conventions all across this globe. And he has taken time out of his busy schedule to share with us on this evening. I'm so looking forward to what he is going to do. He is one of my beloved brothers. And I thank God that uh, he and Dr. Curtis were able to come and share with us tonight here at St. Paul. So I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to what the Lord is going to do because if last night is any indication of what God is going to do, I just want you to buckle down and put on your seatbelt. Amen. And praise God through your mask. Let me say that again. Praise God through your mask. So after uh, this uh, selection from our uh, Mel Ensemble, the next voice you will hear will be that of the Reverend Dr. Jerry M. Carter, the wonderful, esteemed pastor of the Calvary Baptist Church in Morristown, New Jersey. Pray for him, pray with him that the Lord will use him in a mighty and magnificent way. Oh, man. 
Cause you hold my head 
Gracious God, our Father, <clears throat> we thank you for the total sufficiency of Jesus the Christ. We thank you for the privilege that we have of being able to gather in worship one more time. Thank you for waking us up this morning. Thank you for being able to see each other physically. And then for those who are gathered virtually, we bless your name for, for them as well. Pray now that you would just take this word and use it for your own glory. Uh, put some wings on it and let it go wherever you choose to send it. We bless your name in advance and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this is the day the Lord has made and we rejoice and we are glad in this day. This is the day the Lord has made. And we rejoice, and we are glad in this day. Thank God for this revival. Thank God for this time. Thank God for being here in, in, in Charlotte. Uh, Pastor Scott said he took time out of his busy schedule to be here. Well, it ain't been that busy recently. <laughs> I'm just grateful to be here. In, here in Charlotte, part of this revival, um, the Lord has blessed this church, St. Paul Church, with amazing leadership. <laughs> Dr. Robert C. Scott, um, gifted preacher, gracious host, treated us amazingly, just amazing spirit. Once again, St. Paul, you are blessed to have this shepherd as the leader 
of this house. Thank you, ma'am. Then grateful to see uh, to see all of you, and uh, particularly some uh, pastors and preachers who I know who are here on tonight. And then I'm uh, really grateful to have tonight uh, my friend from a long time back, Pastor Donna Garris of Antioch Church, and Sister Regina Garris, my friends and brothers and sisters from a long way back. Yeah, grateful to to see them. And then. Uh, I'm still traumatized yes, sir. Uh, by the fact that we have a great physician who doesn't just care for us, but he's interested in changing us. <laughs> wow. Um, Dr. Curtis, uh, amazing preacher, and uh, let's bless God for him. Uh, tonight, I simply want to kind of offer some encouragement by reflecting on a familiar psalm, Psalm 121. Yes, sir. Verse 1, Psalm 121. Just a couple verses there. Psalm 121, verse 1. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and the earth. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made the heaven and the earth. The trend of thought continues for some verses after that. But I want to anchor those Two familiar verses. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? It comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So tonight I wanna I wanna preach from the subject higher than the hills. Higher than the hills. I've lived in uh, New Jersey for a total of 33 years, three years in school there, and 30 years serving as pastor of Calvary Church. And even though I've been there for that long, I never really claimed it as, as home. My home is Columbus, Ohio. And for those 33 years, I, we have taken many, we're on, on many road trips from uh, New Jersey back to Columbus, Ohio, then back to New Jersey plenty of road trips over the years. <clears throat> One of the things that helps me to endure these road trips is what I call road music. I have road songs that I play as I drive. These road songs sometimes simply help to pass the time so that you look up and you reach your destination. Sometimes these road songs they used to keep the kids quiet when they were little. Sometimes road songs provided strength for the journey and kept me going when I was tempted to stop. Sometimes these road songs would prepare me for whatever was waiting on me on the other side of arrival, whether it be a preaching engagement or 
sometimes homegoing service, wedding, whatever I was going for. Psalm 121 is a part of a corpus of songs known as road songs. (laughs) They are a part of a corpus of songs known as Psalms of Ascent. They were psalms for the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were songs that, psalms that were sung as Jewish travelers made their way to Jerusalem from one of the three great feasts. Passover, Pentecost, Feast of Tabernacles. And I would imagine that these road songs would help them or enable them to sometimes just pass the time. Sometimes the road songs uh, provided strength for the journey. Other other times these road songs, these psalms of ascent would prepare the people for whatever was waiting upon arrival. And what was waiting upon arrival more than anything was worship. And so one of the ways that these Jewish travelers prepared themselves for worship is to recite or sing antiphonally, congregationally to each other these psalms of ascent. Because they wanted to make sure that um, they were ready for worship when worship started. And one of the best ways for them to prepare for worship when they got to worship was to worship on the way. They did not want to take any chances of getting to church. And missing out on the worship experience. They, 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 they didn't want to take any chances that the praise and worship team was going to cheer them into praise and worship. They, they, they did not want to take the chance of the pastor uh, having to cheerlead them and frenzy them into worship. So they said, hey, look, we can't take the chance of getting to St. Paul and missing out on the worship experience. And what we're going to do is on the way there, (laughs) we're going to, we're going to pump each other up and talk each other into the worship experience. Psalm 121 was a road song for people who were on their way to the house of God. Yeah. Psalm 121 was not meant to be read, was not meant to simply be recited. It was meant to be sung. It's music. Yeah, decades ago, Felix Mendelssohn set it to music. Uh, Leonard Bernstein created a mass around Psalm 121. It's meant to be music. Psalm 121 was meant for those who were on the move. Probably doesn't mean a whole lot to you if your soul is stagnant and your spirit is sedentary. Psalm 121 is meant for those who are on a journey. (laughs) Mm, Meant for those who are going from one place to another. Mm -hmm, Because a journey exposes you to risks that a stationary life does not expose you to. A journey exposes you to some dangers and some twists and turns into a lifestyle where you don't know what's waiting around the corner. Mm -hmm. If you're not going anywhere, Psalm 121 doesn't mean anything to you. But if you know something about taking risks, 
If you know something about the risk of following Jesus, if you know something about the risk of discipleship, then Psalm 121 is for you. If you know something about uh, uncertainty and about uh, unpredictability, then, then it blesses you to hear my help is, comes from the Lord. If you know something about having to abandon a source of security, then Psalm 121, hearing my help comes from the Lord. That means something to you. Okay, if you know something about losing a loved one and being stuck in the quagmire of grief, then Psalm 121, my help comes from the Lord. That means something to you. If you know something about life being pulled out from under you and you having to depend on something brand new, then Psalm 121, my help comes from the Lord, means something from you for you. This Psalm of Ascent commences with a question of anxiety. Yeah, I, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? Most of the time I read that throughout the years, I always thought that was simply a statement. Because the way the King James reads, it sounds like it's just making a statement. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From which comes my help, my help comes from the Lord. But most other translations accurately translate that as a question. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Pause. Question. From where does my help come? When I look to the hills, the question emerges, the question arises, from where does my help really come from? From where does my help come? I already told you that this was a psalm for pilgrims. The pilgrims were on their way, yes, to Jerusalem. And when they traveled at night, they didn't have any Marriott to stay in. They didn't have any Omnis. They didn't have any Airbnbs. They had to stay outside. Somebody ought to hear me here. They, they had to stay outside. And, and subsequently, as a result of having to stay outside, they were exposed to dangers, to, uh, to, to, to bandits and robbers and wild animals and to inclement weather. So therefore, at night... Certain guards had to stand sentry on mountains and hills as their protection as the people tried to rest peacefully at night. And so on this night, the psalmist is turning in to his or her tent. And as they're turning in, they're entering the, the, the opening of the tent. And as they're about to go in, uh, he looks to the hills and sees the guards on the hills. And says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. And then ask the question, from where does my help really come? Okay, you missed it. It's at night. And the nighttime gives birth to a certain kind of questioning that, that the daytime does not allow because of the frantic and the frenetic pace. But when all is quiet and, and you're not able to distract yourself from life's real existential questions, that night sometimes things get you that don't get you during the day. So when all is quiet, the psalmist has nothing else to look. The psalmist looks to the hills and says, I see the guards up there. 
Come on. I, I, I see, I, I see, I see the men who are up there that are supposed to be guiding us. But the question still arises from where does my help actually come? I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From, from, from where does my help come? The psalmist is asking, you know, is, is my security really secure? I mean, I'm, I'm supposed to be going to bed tonight comfortably because the source of my security is standing up on those mountains. Am I really secure? Can I really depend on, um, that which is stationed to protect me? Can I, can I really, uh, go to bed tonight and count on who I'm supposed to be counting on? Can I count on what I'm supposed to be counting on? Can I, can I really count on what's on the hill? Can I really depend on the source of my security? There is a question of anxiety here. Where the psalmist is honestly wondering, where is the source of my help? Have you ever been there? I mean, when you're really questioning whether or not what's supposed to be positioned to secure you is really secure. Can, can, can I really depend on my children to take care of me when I get old? Can I really depend on Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson and Johnson? From where does my help really come from? Can I really depend on a new presidential administration? Uh, can I depend on Democrats? Can I depend on Republicans? Where is the source of my help? See, some of y'all not being honest, but, but if you would be honest with me tonight, you would admit that you've had some nights. When you question whether or not your security is really secure, are my investments going to be there? Will I have money in my retirement? Can I really depend on what I'm supposed to be depending on? I know the thing that gets us is that this is a worshiper who's wondering. (laughs) I said this is a second time. This is a worshiper. This is a preacher who's wondering. Come on, this is an usher who's wondering. This is not somebody on the street corner. This is somebody who's been in St. Paul for 50 years who's wondering, can I really depend? I know you don't want the person next to you. You don't want the person next to you at home to, 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 to get some indication that you're really wondering because you always want to exude a certain amount of confidence. You want everybody to believe that you're always faithful and you're always trustworthy, but all of us stand in the shoes of that father. I said all of us stand in the shoes of that father who after he brought his son to to, to the disciples and the disciples could not heal him. He comes to Jesus and says if you can do anything please hear my son. Jesus said if you can believe then your son will be healed. The man said yeah I believe but help my unbelief. Is there anybody here, anybody out there who can say, Pastor, I have been there. Yes, I'm a worshiper. Yes, I love the Lord. But I've had seasons when I'm wondering about the source of my security. There is this anxious question. But here it is. All that was for free. This anxious question is met with a reassuring answer. And see, all of humanity asks the same question. It's not the question that separates us from, from, from whence does my help come. It's not the question that 
that separates or distinguishes the believer from the non-believer. Because we all ask the same question. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Is anything too hard for God? We all ask the same question. Am I my brother or my sister's keeper? We all ask the same questions. Where the believer and the unbeliever are distinguished is at the level of the answer. Because, okay, all of humanity, I'm doing my best, stands with the same question. I stand with the same question that Hamlet asked. To be or not to be, that is the question. Whether tis noble, to, whether tis more noble to, to, to fight the slings and the arrows of outrageous misfortune or to take up arms against a sea of trouble and by opposing them in them. I have the same question that Hamlet asked, but my answer is different. Hamlet might embrace suicide, but I embrace the abundant life. All of us have, I wish I had church tonight, all of us come with the same questions, but whether you survive in life or not depends on your answer. From where does my help come? From where does my help come? Then the psalmist supplies his or her own answer. There are times when you have to supply your own answer. Yeah, yeah, okay. You miss me. Um, from where does my help come? Um, my help comes from the Lord. Okay, no. From, from where does your help come? Um, my help comes from the Lord. This internal dialogue is what you have to have. Look, from where does your help come? My help comes from the Lord. And there are certain times when you can't depend on other people to supply the answers to your questions. You have to have your own answers. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord. There it is. My help comes from the Lord here in 2021. From whence does your help come? My help comes from the Lord. Yep, the help that God has actually comes from God. God does not tease me with the help that God has. My help actually comes from the Lord. The Lord doesn't just dangle help in front of me. And then I never receive the help. But the God that I serve actually extends to me the help that he offers. This this is not just a tease. He actually helps me. My help comes from the Lord. It, it comes from it comes from the Lord. The psalmist does us a favor now, and here and herein is is the challenge. He says, I look toward the hills. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence does my help come? My help comes from the Lord. He said, I look at the hills. But then I, I, I challenge myself to look higher than the hills. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm not discounting what's on the hills. Because those who are on the hills are the vehicles of my help. But they're not the source of my help. And you can't get the vehicle of your help mixed up with the source of your help because the vehicle of your help might dry up. I need a witness here. Come here, Elijah. Elijah said, yeah, yeah, he stationed me down by the brook. And I got water from the brook. And the ravens brought food to me. But one day, 
the brook dried up and, and the flapping of the wings of the ravens was silence. But then after that, he told me he had a woman in Zarephath who was going to feed me because all the brook was was one hill. The woman was another hill. And sometimes hills will dry up on you. But just because the vehicle of your help dries up doesn't mean the source of your help dries up. God may have another hill. Come on, just because I lose one job doesn't mean he's not able to provide because my help is not on the hills. My help is higher than the hills and a whole lot of our living would be much better. You could sleep much better. I wish I had something better for you tonight, but this is all I got. You, you, you could rest much more comfortably if you are able to look higher than the hills. From whence does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who is higher than the hills. And in case you don't know who he is, let me give you a sense of his resume. <laughs> and the psalmist only says one thing about him. He says he's the maker. Of heaven and earth. Yeah, last night the preacher bragged on, on, on the son. Tonight I want to brag on the father. Because he's the maker of heaven and earth. Can I talk about it? He's the one who said, let there be. And the heavens and the earth was created. He's the one. Come on, who said, let there be. And light came forth. He's the one. Who said, let there be, and then there was day and night. He's the one who, who said, let there be, and then there was the sky. He's the one who said, let there be, and then there were the two great lights. He's the one who said, let there be, and there was water and dry land. He's the one who said, let there be, and there was vegetation. He's the one who said, let there be, and there was animal life. He's the one who said, okay, I'll do it till you get it. Who said, let there be, and then he created you and I. This is the one. Who is the source of, do you know who the source of your help is tonight? Can I talk about him? He's the one who's the maker of heaven and earth. He's the maker of heaven. And that's why the psalmist said, I'm not looking at the hills. I'm looking beyond the hills. Oh yeah, because beyond the hills is the God who made the hills. If he's the maker of heaven and earth, then he's the maker of the hills. So why would I look at the hills for my help instead of at the one who made the hills? Because I'm not going to give something that's made maker attention. I'm doing my best. I'm not. Why would you give something that's made? I can't get help right over here. Why? Why would you give that maker? I think it was Paul Tillich who said that 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 despair results when you give ultimate concern to something that's not ultimate. (laughs) And that's all the psalmist is saying here. He says, "I can't give that which is made." He said, "Your," he said, "Your job that's made." Because the people around you, they're made. He said, the guards on the hill, they're made. The hills themselves, they are made. Now, why would I'm going to give that maker attention? The only one who deserves ultimate concern, the only one who deserves maker attention is the one who made me. He's the one. Come on, who made me from the dust. Not even the dirt, but the dirt, but the dust from the dirt. He's the one. 
Come on now, who picked me, woke me up this morning? He, he's the one. Can I go old school? Who started us on our way? He's the one who you ought to give your full attention to. He's the one who made the heaven and the earth concerning made gods. The psalmist says they have hands, but can't reach you. They have mouths, but can't speak. Come on. They have ears, but they can't hear. They have feet. But they can't get to you. When made gods get dusty, you got to clean them up. But when I get dusty, the maker God cleans me up. Made gods have to be carried. The maker God carries me. I will lift up mine eyes to the hills. From whence come my help. My help comes from the Lord who made. Do you know he's the maker of heaven and earth? I said, do you know he's the maker of heaven and earth? And because he's the maker of heaven and earth, that means something tonight. What that means is that he has jurisdiction in both places. (laughs) Which means he has say-so on earth. And he has say-so in heavens. There's only so much that President Biden can say about Afghanistan because he doesn't have jurisdiction there. But the God that I serve... Come on, has jurisdiction on Mars and on Earth because he's the maker of heaven and earth. If you don't believe me, look and listen to what the psalmist, he said, said, whither can I go from thy presence? Whither can I flee from thy spirit? If I make my bed in heaven, you, you, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. If I fly to the othermost part of the, there, of the earth, there will your right hand lead me. All I'm trying to tell you is that he's the maker. Of heaven and earth. And because he's the maker of the heaven and earth. He has jurisdiction in both places. He's a maker of heaven and earth. Which means he's able to bring something out of nothing. Because the question is. How did he make heaven and earth? He made it out of nothing. Some say he made it out of chaos. Well you can go with chaos if you want to. But chaos is as close to nothing as you can get. So whether you say he made it out of nothing or chaos, you still ought to give him glory because if he did it, yes, in creation, he can do it in your life. If he did it in creation because he made heaven and earth, he's the one who deserves for you to pay attention to him. He's the maker of heaven and earth. And because he is, he has jurisdiction over both places because he is, then he's the one, yes, who can, who can use heaven and earth at his disposal in order to bless you and your purpose. If he made heaven and earth, then surely he can use everything in heaven and earth to bless and benefit you. Uh, this is the God who, who can use a little girl to tell, to give name and advice. About where he can go and get his leprosy cleansed. Okay, this is the God who can form a fish, swallow up Jonah, and then spit him out in the direction he's supposed to go. This is the God who can take a stuttering liberator like Moses, put a stick in his hand, and open up the Red Sea because he made heaven and earth. Guess where your help is tonight? Your help is higher Then the hills. The psalmist commences this Psalm 121 with a very anxious question. And then the psalmist talks to himself and gives a reassuring answer. But then finally in the rest of this psalm, the psalmist gives a practical rationale. 
for, 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 for why he's going to look higher than the hills. I didn't read beyond verse 3, but you read it when you get home because this God, who's the maker of heaven and earth, is very much involved in heaven and earth. He's not some deistic watchmaker who makes the earth and then leaves it to tend on its own. No, this is the God who makes us and he stays with us. Yeah, there are some who believe that when you get to verse 3 in Psalm 121, that another party enters the picture. That one person asks this question, from where does my help come in verse 1? And then that same person gives an answer in verse 2. He says, my help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. And then some believe, scholars believe that there was a third party who entered this, the discussion in verse 3. But I don't believe that. I still believe that this is the psalmist having an internal dialogue. Because after the psalmist, yeah, identifies who this God is. After the psalmist identifies where the source of his or her help is, he says, now let me give you some reasons as to why my, my gaze is higher than the hills. He says, let me give you some reason why I keep my focus not on the hills, but beyond the hills. He said, I want you in St. Paul to know tonight, and those of you who are all over the country, that, that I want your focus not to be on the hills. But I want you to focus on, on what's higher than the hills. Because the one who's higher than the hills, he provides stability for your steps. Because the verse says, he will not suffer your foot to be moved. Pilgrims, travelers had to journey over rough terrain. And sometimes they did not always know where they were stepping. And sometimes places where they, they step could lead to danger, injury, and falls. But the psalmist said that as I journey, that he will not, he will not suffer. He will not allow my foot to be moved. In other words, even though I'm journeying in some difficult places, and even though I'm walking in some dangerous places, he will not allow me to trip and fall because he provides me with a solid foundation. Is there anybody here on tonight who knows that he gives you stability for your steps? Okay, it may not mean anything to you, but you could have tripped up a long time ago. And you could have fallen a long time ago because some of us did not have sense enough not to walk in some dangerous places. Do I have any honest people who would admit to me, Pastor, I've walked in some dangerous places, but he did not allow, he did not allow, he did not allow my feet to be moved. The reason that I look at the one who's higher than the hills is because he provides stability for my steps. But the psalmist says there's another reason I pay attention to him is because he does not slumber when I sleep. As a matter of fact, he that keepeth Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. You see, the guards who stood sentry on the mountains had to work in shifts because they would get tired. So after you work for about four hours, and then those who worked the night shift would come and replace those who had been on the mountains. But the psalmist said, when I think about the one who's higher than the hills... Nobody needs to take his place because he works the day shift and the night shift. 
there's nothing about his nature that gets tired. And that's why the late Dr. A. Lewis Patterson said that you ought to go to bed at night because if he's awake, there's no use in both of y'all losing sleep. I wish I could tell you to touch your neighbor, but at least look at him in the eye and tell him, I'm going to bed tonight. I know I got some burdens that are heavy, but I'm on my way to bed tonight and I'm going to sleep well because he that keepeth Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. I got to leave you now, but I'm trying to tell you why your focus ought to be on the one who's higher than the hills. Because he provides stability for your steps. Because he will not slumber when you sleep. But then also because he's your shade from the sun. He says the Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade on your right hand. So that the sun shall not smite thee by day. Nor the moon by night. If the sun was attempting to burn up the traveler. Shade gets in between the traveler and what's trying to burn him up i want to tell you that's why you've survived this long because between you and what's been trying to burn you up the lord has been your shade so that the sun cannot smite thee by day nor the moon by night because god has been i said the lord has been your shade on your right hand do i have a witness here can i tell you why your eyes ought to be higher than the hills because god will be your stability for your steps god will i said god will be your stability for your steps but not only that he'll also be your shade from the sun and not only that but he does not slumber when you sleep but then also the lord will be the sustainer of your soul because the last thing that the psalmist said is that he will keep me i said he'll keep me forevermore he keeps my going out and my coming in that word preserve is also the word keep and it has to do with a gardener who preserves their garden who makes sure no pests get in who makes sure no animals get in to devour the garden because there's something in the garden that's valuable there's something in the garden that the gardener wants and that is the fruit and the crops so the gardener takes care of the garden i gotta leave you now but i want you to know that the lord has kept you is there anybody here who's ever had any questions about why you're still here it's because the lord has kept you i don't mean to bother you but please look at somebody and tell them he's kept me he's preserved me when i didn't have sense enough to keep myself he kept me when i didn't know right from wrong and when i did know he kept me he keeps you when you don't want to be kept do i have any kept sisters here are there any kept brothers here i know we don't sing it anymore but we used to sing a song a long time ago oh to be kept by jesus oh to be kept by jesus at thy feet i fall i would be nothing i would be nothing but thou art my all in all is there anybody here who says i'm gonna look beyond the hills 
because my help is higher than the hills. My stability is higher than the hills. The one who doesn't slumber is beyond the hills. The one who's my shade is higher than the hills. The one who sustains my soul is higher than the hills. I gotta leave you now, but please witness to somebody and tell them all of my help comes from the Lord. All of my help comes from the Lord. My money can do it. All of my help comes from the Lord. He's the one who made the heaven and the earth. He's the one who woke me up this morning. He's the one who gives me guidance, who gives me strength, who gives me joy. He gives me peace. So I'm going to look higher than the hills, higher than the hills. Beyond the hills is my joy. Beyond the hills is my peace. Somebody ought to open up your mouth and tell him thank you because all of my help comes from the Lord who made the heavens. Some people are looking at the hills. But I want to challenge you to go higher. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. Or from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. And because he did, he has jurisdiction in both places. Because he did, he's able to bring something out of nothing. Because he did make the heavens and the earth. Everything in the heavens and the earth are at his disposal to use for his purpose. I want you to pray with me tonight. I want you to begin to ask yourself, during the craziness of this pandemic and everything else that's going on around us, where are you looking? Where, where's your focus? I question myself. Because the focus can't be on the hills. On the hills is supposed to be the source of my security. But it's not there. It's beyond the hills. I will lift up my eyes. That's it. That's it. And so right there where you stand or in your homes, wherever you are right now, let's pray. God, we come before you right now. And we pray that you would forgive us for giving maker attention to that which has been made. Forgive us for that. Come before you now, God, and we just pray tonight that for somebody who's on this pilgrimage, who's wondering where the source of their help is, that you would show us, show them what it means to look higher than the hills. Tonight, God, enable somebody to rest better Tonight, enable somebody to 
to lean on you more who comes to the conclusion that perhaps they've been looking in the wrong place. Perhaps the focus has been in the wrong place. And so, God, we come praying that somebody who's beyond here, somebody in the hospital right now, wherever they may be, that you would inform them that they can look to you because you are a mighty good keeper. That you are the one who's our shade on our right hand. And therefore, the sun's not going to smite them by day nor the moon by night. God, we bless you. We love you. And we give you glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's bless God on tonight, folks. Can we give God praise for this powerful word? Oh, I think we could do a whole lot better than that. We can do a whole lot better than that. I'm going to ask you that you do me a favor. Those of you who are able, if you would, just stand on your feet right now. Why don't you just do me this favor? Can we celebrate this preacher tonight, Dr. Jerry M. Carter? Thank you for that powerful prophetic word. I knew he had to be preaching because my brother, Dr. William Houston Curtis, do not stand up that long for anybody on preaching. I know that for a fact. Amen. What a word. I want to right now extend an invitation. I want to extend an invitation because... Too many people watching us, maybe in the house, depending on heels, to try to make it through these times when you need to depend upon the God who made the heels. And I want to extend to you a vital, viable, vigorous relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And I want to lead you in a, in a prayer, a prayer of new life, a prayer of forgiveness prayer of salvation and I'm going to ask that we all will repeat this prayer and for those of us who've been saved it's a reminder of that commitment but as you pray this prayer right now if you're here or if you're watching us online or on zoom congregation and you want to make a decision I'm going to tell you what to do next all heads bowed all eyes closed if you will repeat after me God thank you for this powerful word I want to know you in the pardon of my sins I believe you sent Jesus to die on a hill I believe you raised him from the dead and I believe one day he's coming back but until then come into my life send your spirit into my heart thank you for the gift of salvation forgive me of my manifold sins Help me be the person you want me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, you meant that prayer in your head, in your heart, your mind, and your spirit, guess what? Salvation is yours. You are not saved by your works. You're saved by your faith. Baby faith, little faith. You're saved by your faith. You're saved by your faith. Is it really that easy? Yeah, we make this thing so complicated. But God does not just want you to come in through the door of salvation. He wants you to be disciple. And that requires getting connected. And so this is what I want you to do. If you're watching us online, if you're watching us on YouTube or on Facebook Live or on our church website, I want you to do me a favor. If you would, just type in connect. Type in connect. One of our digital ministers will reach out to you. 
and let you know what the next steps are right now. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, type in salvation. Type in salvation. Our digital minister will reach out to you, let you know what the next steps are. If you are listening to us on the phone or if you're watching us on Facebook Live, do me this favor. Email us at connect at spbcnc.org or call us at 704-334-5309. Leave your name and a good number where we can reach you. Someone by 5 o'clock tomorrow will reach out to you and let you know what the next steps are. Amen. Amen. Can you help me celebrate those whom the Lord is moving upon their hearts? Just take a seat for a moment. Take a seat for a moment. How many of y'all were blessed by that word? How many of y'all were blessed by that word? Listen, listen. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to say something, and I know some folks look at me all ascansed. Keep, keep playing just for a moment. Uh, I believe in sowing and reaping. I believe in sowing and reaping, but I don't sow um, trying to get a new house or a new car or anything like that. I do it because the Lord has laid upon my heart because I believe that when you sow little, you reap little. You sow much, you reap much. God has been too good to me too good to me. If this word has blessed you tonight, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to do me a favor. If you have a seed or if you want to pay on, uh, sow online, you can go to the website or to uh, Givelify and under sacrificial offering, you can sow right there. If you have a physical offering, do me this favor. If you have a physical offering, a physical offering, a physical offering, I'm not going to ask you to walk. Uh, just hold it up. And our people will come and receive it. Uh, can I get a couple of more people to receive? If you have a physical offering, just hold it up, hold it up, hold it up, hold it up, hold it up. Hold it up. Hold it up. While you are giving at this particular moment, while you're giving at this particular moment, can you help me celebrate our male chorus? They have blessed us tremendously tonight. They have blessed us in a tremendous way tonight. Our media ministry, thank you all so very, very much. Thank you all so very, very much how you have blessed us with your work. To our ushers, thank you for being on guard and being so faithful tonight. I greatly appreciate it. To Reverend Brenda Richardson, thank you for leading our worship experience. To our musicians, I am so appreciative of all of you. Before we go, I'm going to ask all the... Uh, preachers that are in the house, uh, if you wouldn't mind standing, if you wouldn't mind standing, preachers love great preaching. Amen. We've had great preaching this week. Amen. It is so great to see each and every one of you all. Thank you all so much. Certainly delighted for all of those who are part of the ministerial team here at the St. Paul Church. I want to give a major shout out before we go to our social media influencers and our digital ministers. Thank you all, Reverend Stevenson. Thank you, ma'am. Appreciate all that you're doing as far as that work is concerned. Well, listen, we're about to get out of here. We're about to get out of here. Thank you for your gift of, of sewing as far as tonight is concerned. Tomorrow night, tomorrow night, both will preach. Um, you just got to come to see what the order is going to be. Amen. Amen. But both will preach on tomorrow night. We'll start promptly at seven o'clock. 
And uh, again, both will share as far as the Word of God is concerned on tomorrow night. Dr. William Curtis will be doing a book signing following the tonight's service. Again, one day closer, strength for the season of life, $20 as far as this offering is concerned, as far as this book is concerned. It will bless your life. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we look beyond the hills. We thank you for this word that has been shared on tonight. Now, God, if you would, in your own sovereign way, renew our preachers for one more time tomorrow night. God, let us take this word that has been given and let us apply it to our lives. And as we leave this place, but never your presence, keep us in your sovereign care until we're able to come back together either online or in person in this digital space. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you and to gather. Dismiss us from this moment, but never from your presence. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Remain seated if you will. Follow the directions of the ushers. They're going to lead you out row by row. Amen. And then if you want to get a book, they will show you where to line up as far as the book is concerned. God bless you. Thank you all.